Welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my left is... There's something sticky on my laptop. And in the sound booth is... Why would you say that on the air? Because it's where my thumb goes. It's nice. Brad, by the way. Cool. So I'm James. This week we saw 21 Jump Street. And we'll get to that in a moment. But first, real news time. It's real news. Um, so what happened this week? This week, the Lorax won the box office again with $38.8 million. Man. Which I think bumped it up to almost $100 million. I know it's over $100 million now. It's like oh, $122 yeah. million now. Because that's three weekends in a row, which... Two in a row. Two in a row. No, because didn't it win... It won the week it opened, didn't it? Yeah. It's only been open for two weeks. Y- oh, you're right. You're right. It won against John Carter. Yep. I see. I'm and getting myself confused what we now. saw last week, John Carter was in second with $30 million. Which is sad. Um, Disney's I like, mean, where's our money? Yeah, whether you like the movie or not, you can't want them to lose $200 million on a movie. I think... Not it, at all. And that's that's, you know... Yeah, I think if they called it John Carter of Mars, it would have sold better. I absolutely do. Well, they, I think they. I was reading that they were afraid because they did Mars Needs Moms, and so they were afraid oh. of Mars being in the title. Wow, I never thought about that. Yeah, sure. you're totally. I'm. I guarantee that that was a conversation uh-huh. had. And then they had an interesting article in uh, which is Entertainment Weekly about movies that are based on Mars and how poorly they perform at the box office. The only movie that did really well was Total Recall, and it did like 120 million in. And, it's, and that's not a and that's yeah. not a movie where they I, I don't remember the trailers for it but I don't know how much they promoted that they went to Mars like it's not actually, a movie that's Mars central actually I think they did because I think one of the big selling points of that movie was remember when Schwarzenegger fell down the cliff yeah. and his thing broke and, and his he's like out. yeah I think it's actually one of the selling points of that movie but what I mean is that it's not like it's not like Mission to Mars or Red Planet yeah. or one of those movies that is a a movie about going to Mars even a movie you know? like Mars Attacks only did I think thirty six million dollars. So, but I I still feel like that's kind of yeah, that's so stupid that they would make that decision because it's totally obvious. It's obviously a non sequitur, you know. Yeah, that's the reason that those movies didn't do well was not because they were about Mars. Like Mars Attacks did didn't do well because it's a really niche kind of not that good sci-fi comedy. You know, uh, I I think it's fantastic, but um, <laughs> it's again it's the, it's such a specific kind of comedy that I I wouldn't expect it to do well. Yeah. You know? And those other movies I listed are bad movies, so no wonder no one saw them. Yep. But um, so yeah, it's a it's a bummer. I like I said last week, I like John Carter, yeah. so I wish it would do better. But it did and over a hundred million dollars uh, overseas the first week, so yeah. You and you know. know, I like Andrew Stanton. I don't want him to not be able to make whatever the next thing he wants to make is, just because. Um, I mean, I'm sure that having Finding Nemo under his belt gives him enough clout yeah. that he can have a I'm sure he can walk he can into have the bomb. Pixar and say, I'm making this animated movie now. Yeah. And they'll be like, okay. Yeah, yeah. he's not going to be hurting for cash. But uh, if Battleship does really poorly and nobody ever tires, hires uh, Taylor Kitsch again, that'll make me sad because I think he's really good. Oh, I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll turn up. I, I, I'm sure the Battleship is going to just destroy a box office, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it should. I, I think you know. I think what Battleship has going for it, even though I think it looks terrible, <laughs> yeah. is people love those movies where they see destruction of like Earth. Oh, it's a, yeah, yeah, and and because there isn't a Transformers movie, that is the Transformers movie. People will be there. But yeah. um, anyways, way. <laughs> uh, some that's actually a pretty big week in releases for um, DVD Blu-rays. Massive week. Um, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo comes out on Blu-ray, DVD, Ultraviolet. And that, I feel like buying that movie is like buying The Passion of the Christ on DVD. I, don't uh, know, I actually kind of want to get it. Uh, I, think it I just don't probably... know that I could watch it. 
Like it was a cool movie, but at some point I'm I'm making myself watch that scene again. Fox <laughs> is really nice. Yeah, it looks really cool. Oh, dude. And I and I and I bet it looks really nice on Blu-ray. Is it, is it like the uh social network box? Yeah, actually. Oh. Thick, it's thicker though. That is the most beautiful Blu-ray. Man. All right, now I'll buy it. And uh Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy also comes out. Um a little more, you know, subdued de- uh Blu-ray release, but Yeah. Um I haven't seen Blu-ray it, but I'm really is, curious to see Gary Oldman's performance in it. Yeah, you should see it just for that. You know, I, I, that movie's kind of slow, but uh, just for Gary Oldman, it's great. Um, the Muppets also comes out. No way. And um, the one I'm going to get is a three-disc Blu-ray DVD digital copy, but the little bonus perk I love on it is you get the soundtrack for free. Dude. So that's kind of cool, but it also comes I out already, on just two-disc Blu-ray. I already bought both the soundtracks, though. So you don't need that one. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't, it, it I don't know if it's the whole soundtrack or just a song download. Um, it says soundtrack on the... It says soundtrack download card. Yeah, so I'm guessing you download the whole soundtrack Sweet. would be my guess. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good deal. I think it's $27 on Amazon. It, uh, it's 29 but that price will probably go down. That's not that bad, though. Yeah. you get the If you get a soundtrack and a Blu-ray, I think that's a pretty good price. Yeah. I was and, at, and it's Disney. Uh, I was looking at buying uh, Tron Legacy the other day because I really like that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's still like $24 because they never drop their, their no, Blu-ray prices. Actually, how I so get you, some... You always have to expect to buy, like, pay like an extra $10 for what... I, I keep an eye out uh, for Disney Blu-rays every once in a while. Um, how I get you know stuff like um, The Fox and the Hound on Blu-ray... And uh, I forgot what else I got, but a lot of times they they do a thing, a promotion where you buy two of them for $30. So if you buy two of them, you save a lot of money. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. And if you, at Best Buy, they have a really cool steel case for the Muppets hmm. if you wanted to check that out. But I'm never going to shop at Best Buy ever again. How come? Um, because I'm part of the Rewards Zone program. For every $250 you spend at Best Buy, you get a $5 gift card. Yeah, I got that too. Um, and before I went to West Virginia, Qdoba paid me three hundred dollars for food to go out there but i work at a restaurant i'm not gonna <laughs> i eat there for free yeah um so i had an extra 300 bucks so i went and bought a kindle fire at best buy which was uh, with the kindle and the cover was like 260 dollars or something yeah um so that's a five dollar gift card right there but when i went to print off my ten dollar gift card because i already had points saved up um they charged my account 269 dollar points 269 points for um, annual membership fee. Yeah. What? And then when I asked them about it, they said, yeah, it's part of the thing. If you don't use your um, certificate soon enough, they charge your account. What? So I will never shop there ever so again. So if you use the points, you don't get charged with the fee? It's yeah. Well, it's not technically a fee. You lose your your points, though. They, if, yeah, if the points are there for too long, they take yeah, them away. Yeah, if the points are there too, for too long, they take them away. Uh, and that's they, shitty. And they charged me 269 points. How did you go that long without using your points? I mean... Come on, Ryan. <laughs> I know. Well, how yeah, long was it? Uh, it? I don't know. You, they wouldn't Maybe let me click on it, and they when I looked online, it doesn't let you click on when they took the points or where why they took them. They don't give you any specific you reason. That's like crazy. Yeah, yeah that's it's crazy. stupid though. That sucks. Yeah. So fuck Best Buy. I'm an Amazon Prime member, and I save way more money shopping on Amazon. So um, you can also get Battle Royale, the complete series, which is a weird Japanese kind of. I guess it's the Hunger it's just Games. Two movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's before the Hunger Games. Yeah, but no, that's what I mean. It's like <laughs> it's it's yeah. what the Hunger it's, Games is kind of based. Students on. are put out um, to fight each other, and yeah, it's the same kind of idea. And, yeah. yeah, which is not new, but um, the deep Blu-ray Brad's looking forward to is Hop. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally, I forgot that movie year. happened. Also, oh, uh, wow. The Sitter is coming out on Blu-ray DVD. Oh, cool! 
And our favorite movie of last year is just coming out on DVD only, and that's Creature. Which I think actually the box art's kind of cool <laughs> on it, but uh, <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what movie are you talking about?" Creature then, oh, is terrible. God. And it's again, only getting a DVD version. Yeah, dude, that's pathetic. And it's like really far down on the screen on digital bits because digital bits arranges it by how they sell. Yeah, it's like really far down. Um, and I just mentioned them. Go to Digital Bits to buy all your DVDs, Blu-rays through Amazon because you support them and they're an independent site and. The money helps them. And that's just cool. And they have a really cool site for box art and things you'll never see anywhere else. Really nicely organized. Yeah. And so... We'd also like to thank Box Office Mojo box for office our Mojo. box office statistics. 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 You box guys got office any... Mojo. <laughs> Is that it? On the you list? guys got any news this week? That's it. News this week. There's a f- couple things that caught my fancy. Uh, Brad reminded me of something. Brad, did you want to talk about it or do you want me to... You'll do it better. <laughs> okay. Um, 24, the movie, has been delayed. Yeah, yeah. I kept seeing articles about touch. that. <laughs> yeah. Is, it, is that exactly what it is? is uh, that, yeah. Because he's just not available? Yeah, yeah. They didn't think they could film it fast enough because mm. Touch already got renewed for a second season. What? Yeah. It hasn't aired yet. Yeah. Like, the pilot has not aired yet. They had a sneak preview of it in January. Right. Um, but I guess they they have so much faith in the show that the wow. second season's already been ordered. That's ballsy. What uh, channel well, is that on? Is that on Fox? Fox? Well, they need oh, something okay. to take yeah. place at Terranova. Yeah. <laughs> they need something to take um, place at So that's a bummer. And I heard that uh, he, Kiefer Sutherland wants some sort of points against the, the how much money it's going to make. Oh. And Fox is a little iffy about the budget at $60 million. They want to make yeah. it for $40 million. Well, and asking for points anymore is crazy. Artists or actors just don't. Generally, do not get points. Um, the only reason I kind of think it might be warranted for Kiefer Sutherland on this is because Jack Bauer is kind of his character. Yeah, and um, um, I mean, but two, how much money could that mo- po- movie? I, I love the show; it's one of my favorite shows of all time. How much money could it possibly make? Um, After yeah. being off the air this long, too. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, you have to, s- you have to make it first a good movie and then sell it well to people who were not watching the show. Um, I think it peaked in popularity in season five, maybe. Yeah, if, well, season five, I think, is the best season. But If they'd yeah. made a movie around then, there'd be a lot greater, the, probably yeah. the best awareness. And yeah. now it's been three seasons after that, and then... Yeah, and two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a bummer, because I think it'd make a cool movie. I do, too. I, I and, and hopefully they are still going to do it. It's just... Um, yeah, d- delayed. Yeah. And the hope here would be that that means they have a little extra time. They're not going to have to rush it. They can spend some time making sure that yeah. everything about it quality-wise is where it needs to be. Um, so hopefully it'll end up working out for the best. Yeah, I hope so too. Like Arrested Development. Hopefully they'll accept my idea for the 24 movie. <laughs> Send it to them. Is it a good idea? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. It, it, I'm it sure retains like it. the uh, some semblance of the twenty, the real-time 24. I told you it. Does, uh, does Jack Bauer's daughter get kidnapped? Because if not, probably. Then I don't, okay. But we see okay. her boobs, okay, and that go. made me want to see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrote that in That's there. That's the, the um, kind of stuff you can do in a movie. Brought the cougar back. Cougar hasn't been seen for a while. <laughs> since, since season two. It's been 10 oh. years since we saw the cougar. Yeah. Um, there's oh, definitely man. a mole in CTU. <laughs> um, yeah. There'll be about three um, head of CTU personnel changes throughout the movie. 
it's actually, it's just going to be a bunch of like really really inside jokes that like it's basically <laughs> yeah. a comedy, but all of the jokes are only things that people who really love Twenty Four will the understand. Most meta movie yeah. ever. <laughs> it's a, it's actually just like two of the most boring hours for anybody who's never seen the show. And the biggest twist, the shocking reveal: President Palmer not dead. What? <laughs> I'll find a way to bring him back because <laughs> he's a zombie. Um, uh, I also read something interesting by Joss Whedon this week. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk he, about this. Uh, he had a cut of the Avengers that was three hours long. And um, he said in the interview that he is not going to release a director's cut on Blu-ray because his the best version of his film is the one he's putting in the theaters. Yeah. And he's going to he cut it down to two and a half hours. Something like that. And he wants to cut another 10, 15 minutes out of it. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where... That's the way that a normal movie gets made mm-hmm. is that, yeah, you cut everything together and you see how long it is and then you go, okay, now we have to trim the fat because obviously there is some. Um, yeah, and just, especially just with Avengers because, I mean, all the actors in it are, I mean, pretty big actors. Yeah. I, I mean, in relation, I mean, but. And it's Joss Whedon. He writes a lot of words and stuff plays out longer than it necessarily, you know, needs to. And so there's there's going to be some fat in there. And with a movie like Avengers, it has to be tight. Um, the truth yep. is that it's a it's a good thing because it means that Marvel is giving him enough uh control over that movie that he feels like whatever he's doing to cut it is like his artistic yeah. vision of what it should be you know and the, should... the times when you when you should get director's cut are not like anchor man where we really wanted to have more tits in the movie and you know <laughs> no the times when you get a director's cut should be Blade Runner or things like that where directors do not feel like their movie got on screen. Yeah, and uh, um, he said in the, the interview too that, I mean, he said, I mean, I'm sure they'll put all the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray because he said that the Blu-ray is going to be bitching. So, oh, I'm sure. He's got, he's got, you know, the, how many releases of the Serenity have I have I <laughs> yeah. bought? Uh, because every time he puts like something new and cool on there, where like this last one I bought just because there was, you know, a video you could yeah. watch at the same time where it's just them sitting on the couch talking shit the whole time. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure that Blu-ray is going to be amazing. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's actually kind of cool. And it, we ran into that when we went and saw Red State. And you asked James here, asked Kevin Smith, does he feel bad about cutting out the speech that uh, yeah, because Michael Parks had? And when it showed at uh, when it showed at Sundance that last year... Um, the biggest critique about it was that there was this 17 minute long speech that Michael Parks gave that he, he absolutely loved. And on the podcast before that, he had talked about how great that speech was and how, how good Michael Parks was in it. Um, and then I asked him, cause I was like, you know, how, what did it take for you to take that, to cut that stuff down? And what was so the brilliant moment about it was when he said, uh, that he realized there was something that someone had said where they said that he like letting that scene be that long did a disservice to Michael Parks's uh, performance, and that was when it really hit him. Like, okay, yeah, they're 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 right here, and I need to do something to to fix this. Um, yeah, and it's cool when they recognize that. Oh yeah, and it's uh, it's interesting, and yeah. so it's cool that Josh Whedon says, you know what, I don't need maybe he doesn't need an extra long scene with Nick Fury talking. The other little thing that he let slip in that interview was that he said that they are not that the aliens they're fighting are not scrolls. Yep. Which uh which is crazy because I saw toys of the scrolls when I was at Target. Yeah, the they other day. they look like <laughs> scrolls. I'm sure I'm uh, I there's a part of me that really feels like he is lying to us yeah. to try and and surprise you us and get crazy, us all giddy though? when it happens because I, it's so clearly the scrolls. I don't know how in um Avengers comics anybody is. Um, but they have a villain called Fin Fang Foom, which is a huge dragon. 
Mm. And uh, I watched the trailer a couple times, and when Iron Man um, says, I'm bringing the fight to you, if you look at the robot kind of thing, it looks like his Fin Fang Foom's face. Dude. So I don't know if they updated his I'm sure that's in there. I mean, I don't know if they're going to call that Fin Fang Foom, but... I'm sure that there is a. That at some point, they they said like because hey, we'll it kind of looks look like it's like... alive. It's not really like a. Like oh it's yeah, it does. armor where it's not really like a robot. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I think that's all I had. Um, I'll go over what Brad has supplied me to tell everybody, really quick. <laughs> well, that was my news. You're just using my notes, but go yeah. ahead, do it. Did you want to talk about them? Because no. I don't know if you remembered them. I'll comment. You you can announce them. Okay. Um, Jurassic Park 3D is coming out next May. <laughs> That was my comment. That wasn't Brad's comment. I James don't know gave the raspberry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. James isn't excited about it. I don't mind. I mean, I, Jurassic it's Park gets back in the theaters. The 3D probably won't be great because... No, but it's the same the thing. Like, I would love to see Jurassic Park in theaters. I, I've i never seen it in theaters. I would I would love that. Uh, eventually, they'll they'll bring it to Esquire and we'll see it there. It's frequently still, in Esquire. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know why you don't just, just re-release it. Don't I don't need a 3D version of that. I can't see that enhancing that movie at all. I'll go see it. <laughs> Love Jurassic Park. Oh, dude! Park. I, hey, I just saw <laughs> a, a, a episode one in 3D. Yeah. I'm sure I'll go see it. It's, it that's and yeah, it's Jurassic Park. It's one of the most perfect movies ever made. But yep. that's what 3D does: is it gets it back into theaters. It gives an incentive for people to. But I feel like, and especially with a movie like chains that, chains to put it out there. I can see it being a barrier between me and that movie. You know, it's I have to I have to suffer this thing to see this thing I love. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas you could just put it on that screen and you know, well, like when I saw Raiders of the Minority, Lost, yeah, as far as 3D goes, that's. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's true. I mean, 3D sales are still. Oh, it's, lower. it's reversing for sure, but yeah, um, Hollywood's mentality is it's still prof- hugely profitable. So yeah, no, it is. Um, um, Brad has also mentioned that WonderCon is this weekend in Anaheim. Is yeah. there anything going on there? I, I haven't seen any news really come out of it. It's oh. part of the big, you know, circuit of um, yeah. What's the name Comic of Comic Cons? Yeah, the it's WonderCon. But it's, yeah, I was I just put it on there because you know why aren't we there? <laughs> like we didn't. We're not. Yeah. Getting, we don't get to go to San Diego, but there's plenty of tickets available for this one <laughs> in Anaheim, just down the road, <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> well, because we would have had to fly to Anaheim in two weeks. Disneyland. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just saying, yeah. If we'd been yeah. more attentive. Yeah. To the convention. That's okay, because we're going to two other ones. Yes. Um, two. Oh, Starfest. Yeah. yeah. Actually, and to be selfish, we have some exciting news that Brad has been working on all week. Oh. Um, Brad, that on there? Brad, what have you been working on this week that hopefully we'll be able to launch very soon? Has it ever been really difficult for you guys to just go to realnerds.tumblr.com and scroll down the page, find the podcast? Sometimes, um, yeah. Play them. Um has been difficult to go onto iTunes and get the podcast. So difficult that it pisses me off and then I don't listen to the podcast. Oh, that's that's a shame. Yeah. And for that reason alone, it's why I'm developing a Real Nerds app. Dude, no app, way. Where it will automatically load in our recent episodes and collect the old ones. And, you know, instead of, you know, typing in an address or opening up iTunes, you can just open up our app from your smartphone and be directed directly to the first most recent thing we've been up to. <laughs> and then when we're recording, can you listen live? No, but I'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do. That's, that's too cool. That's cool. I, just, I, I was I was trying to find something that was outrageous that it'll it'll we don't really need it to do. <laughs> we got to yeah, start uh, streaming our show. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is too cool. I didn't know you were doing that. Man. Yeah, so. I found out about it on Thursday. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I can do this? All right. <laughs> How long do you think it'll take you? I don't know. 
Uh, cool. It, it seemed like I, I could do it in like 10 minutes, so <laughs> we'll see. So we'll see. But So that's exciting, and uh, for selfish reasons, uh, uh, that's awesome, because uh, if people who don't know, if you, um, if you listen to our show, you, you'd know, but um, Brad's really the technical guy, and he's really good at formatting things. Um, our Tumblr page is designed by him. All the uh, banners are designed by him. Um, so everything pretty and and that requires any level of talent is, is designed by him. By him. I, I'm really just the talking head. Brad's the uh, creative talent. So um, hats just, off to Brad. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thank you. It's gonna be really so, cool. So yeah, keep up the good work. Um, I'm not paying you for it, so it's awesome <laughs> that you just help us out. Uh, but maybe someday soon, the list someone will listen to it. You know, Disney's like these guys are so funny. They should have their own show. Fuck Leonard Malton. Let's put these guys on. Leonard, oh, Leonard cool Malton. Guy. I like Leonard. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who's dead? Gene Shalit. Fuck that guy. I know, joking, <laughs> I know you're joking, but I just want people who don't know us to know that I don't hate Gene. <laughs> I don't. I don't uh, want to. I don't want to start Leonard an internet Malton. war. No, I love Leonard Malton. Malton. Actually, he's one of uh, my favorite parts of the Disney Treasures DVDs. Yeah, he's like that, the Disney curator. Or whatever. Yeah, he's a, he's a Disney historian, and he yeah. he introduces all the cartoons, and so I I love him. I really do. And his book's actually good. His um. His movie review book because he also likes you know silly movies like other people. He's not like uh, uppity critic. Um, when I was little, the version of um, uh, the Star Wars VHS tapes that I had, uh, they all had like twenty minute interviews with Leonard Maltin and George Lucas at the beginning of every one yeah. uh, that I watched every time I watched the movie because yeah. I just thought it was fascinating. That was the first time that George Lucas ever lied to me. <laughs> was, when, was when he said oh yeah I wrote these prequels and someday I'd I really like that. to make them yeah. and I thought that's too cool he wrote six movies before he made this one <laughs> no, before he I didn't. wrote Star Wars I originally conceived of the trilogy as the uh, the story of Anakin Skywalker and yeah I uh, Just, I shelved those stories and did these for now because they were doable and yeah, lies on that. lies man so, anyway um, the last thing Brad has on here if you're in the Denver area the Esquire is running really cool shows at midnight uh, Brad tomorrow is seeing Back to the Future. It's also available. It's today is March sixteenth. They they do two nights, Friday and Saturday nights for their um, retro yeah. movies, and yeah, it's playing right now. Um, yep. And tomorrow I'm gonna go catch the second showing. And they recently added these um, retro concessions trailers and um, old, not full like Spielberg movie trailers, but the teasers that they would throw in. I guess between. Mm. Uh, you know, concession commercials and stuff. And there's like even an Orange Crush commercial. It's hilarious. That's uh, too cool. They said they found them recently in a box, like in the back of the theater, which wow. I don't know how you lose a box like that for 30 years, 20 <laughs> years, 20, 30 years. So, yeah. Um, it's cool. And they, um, they, they played almost 15 to 20 minutes of like hot dogs and pretzel. And oh, that's pretzel. too neat. It, it felt like you were really back in time, you know, Back yeah. in time. Watching, watching I, what was it last week? I saw. Oh, Ghostbusters! Yeah, it, like it, it felt like I was watching Ghostbusters back in '84. That's too cool, yeah. man! Now I really want to. And, uh, oh, and also sometimes like when the fans come out, you know, like for Ghostbusters, the Ecto One came out, and people got to take pictures with people wearing proton packs and stuff. And so, the last time I saw Back to the Future, there were like three DeLoreans in the parking lot, and oh, I so want to go. Yeah. We need so. to go. So yeah, in the fun. area, come on out. Um, next week is the Evil Dead, which I'll probably go see. Yeah. <laughs> um, the week after that, April sixth and seventh is RoboCop, and then April twentieth and twenty first is 
the Wrath of Khan, which I've never seen, so oh. I might go see that. Yeah. No way, you've never seen the Wrath of Khan. We need to we Wrath need to make pilgrimage to the Wrath okay. of Khan. We need to take that. Should be your I introduction mean, to Wrath of Khan is that midnight. Sure. Because uh, here's the thing that it's kind of like with the new Star Trek movie. Wrath of Khan is not just a good Star Trek movie, which it is. It is also just a great action movie. That Ooh. movie is. Yeah. That movie well, I'll is take really your guys' word for it. Yeah, we'll have to go see that. James, you got some news for me this I got, week? Yeah, I got one more little thing, which is uh, uh, that they're they're supposed to be starting making a new a, a Tron 3 this year, which yes. blew me away. <laughs> uh, wait a second. Was, hey, that a, was that a sardonic yes? No, I love Tron. Do, oh, okay. Did you like Tron Legacy? More than Tron 1. What? Me too. Yeah. I here's But here's the thing. That movie got just ragged on when it came out. I feel and it's like, a little hollow, but I think if they... Delve into the science a little more and write a script, like uh, an, more like introspective of man and machine. Then yeah, and I I had take, heard that kind of better. quite a bit, but you know, I also kind of feel like yeah, we comp- I compared it to John Carter last week. This was the movie where they wanted to introduce you to this world more, and then to really delve into some of the deep, cool ideas that they could do. That that would have to be a sequel thing, and yeah, hopefully they they would do that in a, in a sequel. Even if they don't, I just think stylistically, like I don't know how anybody could just watch that movie which is well paced you know like it's not i don't think it's boring at any point but it's just so beautiful yeah the art direction is amazing that to not enjoy that two hours of your life i just can't imagine you know visual Um, feast yeah exactly like there are times i'll just turn it on because it's on netflix for free right now i'll just turn it on because it's cool to look at yeah i don't know about you but i thought the 3d when i saw it was really good i don't think i saw it in 3d uh i kind of wish i had because there is some stuff um Oh no, I did. I did see it in 3D. That's right. The second time I saw it, I saw it in 3D. Um, and yeah, it was it was pretty cool, you know. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited because I don't remember it doing terribly well. And I know that uh, the guy who directed it, I think it did okay. He did like but it, 170 million. Like Disney had sort of built that up, thinking that that was going to be a flagship. You know, like that people talked about it for years, and it was there was a lot of hype around it. And I don't think that it quite did as well the as they wanted it to. Preview at Comic Con, like people flipped their lid over. Exactly, and, uh, exactly. Me and Brad were in right that. There. Yeah, race to which mountain? <laughs> um, and so so yeah, so to hear that they're making another one. Oh, the other I was going to say because also the. The guy who directed it, whose name I now forget, had a thing that like Joseph uh, Kaczynski. Yeah, ju- yeah, yeah. He wanted to make this movie, which I think is called Oblivion, or at least that's the working title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like before that movie came out, it sounded like a done deal, right? Like he, that was just what he was going to do next, because it was a big, it was a passion project for him. And then the way that Tron Legacy opened, especially critically, you know, it got so panned um, that that suddenly became like a question mark. Like all of a sudden that whole project and it, there's still rumblings, but it's taking a long time to get going, which if, if that movie had exploded the way, like in a 300 way, then whatever his next project was, was, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like pirates, that next project was just going to happen immediately. Um, but so it's cool. I, I really want to see another Tron. Uh, I don't want that universe to go away. So what are the consequences of bringing someone from the Tron world into the real world? Yeah. 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 That is the one thing I, they had better get those two actors back. Olivia Uh, Wilde is hot. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see her in that tight suit? I think she's extremely attractive. Tron. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also the jokes about, do you know, Jules Verne really good. Um, anyway, that's everything that I've got for news this week. Kind of light week. Yeah. Anyways, what we've been watching, Ryan has been sick, so he watched a lot this week. Um, Are you still on your RDJ kick? uh, Yeah, I only watched one this week because um, 
I when I was online, I, I'm really close to catching up on seeing almost all of his movies. Wow. Um, so some of them I I I still need to get home for the holidays, and the one I actually want to get is Richard the Third, which mm. is with Ian McKellen as Richard the Third. Um, which seems really interesting to me. And it has really good reviews. It's at 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, what actually caught my fancy is I was just on Amazon. I typed in Bruce Campbell um, because I want to get My Name is Bruce on Blu-ray. Uh, but right now it's like 30 bucks, so I didn't get it. <clears throat> yeah. Anyways, as I was searching in about 20th down the list is a movie called Intruder. Now, I've never heard of this movie, and I'm really disappointed in myself that I've never heard of it because this movie stars Sam Raimi, Ted Raimi, it's directed by Scott Spiegel, who co-wrote Evil Dead 2. He also wrote the script. Um, and the whole movie has all these people from Evil Dead 2 in it. And the premise of the movie is uh, there's an intruder in a shopping, uh, like a grocery store at night, and he's killing everybody. <laughs> um, but oh, it has gosh. like some zany moments in it, like you'd expect from an Evil Dead yeah. um, movie. And there's a part where... Uh, the killer is stalking this girl, and he says a line from Raising Arizona, which was pretty funny. <laughs> um, he's like, I have a sandwich in one hand and a severed head in another. Um, I forget the exact line, but I, yeah. I recognize a line from Raising Arizona. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. I guess they came out about the same time because um, the Coen brothers and Sam Raimi are really good friends. Oh, fine. Um, and that's why Bruce Campbell's in all their movies and things like that. Uh, but Sam Raimi is really funny. He plays a butcher in it, and his brother, Ted Raimi, is a stock boy for fruit. I guess. I don't know. He's always stocking fruit and watermelons in the movie. Uh, and the, the effects are done by KMB. If people don't know who KMB are, shame on you. But they're <laughs> like the big horror movie effect guys now. Yeah. Um, and it was shot in 1989. It was supposed to come out in um, theaters, but the th- company that was supposed to release it went bankrupt. So it went straight to video. And uh, it kind of caught on uh, and on video. And everybody should watch it. If you like slasher movies, it's actually pretty funny. And you have to kind of be in that world to get some of the jokes. But, uh, yeah, the movie's really good. There's lots of red herrings, so you don't know who really is the uh, the bad guy. And uh, it also has – it plays on the usual, this one guy, he's so bad he must be the killer, but you, you right. know that he's not. Yeah. And Bruce Campbell is in the movie, very briefly. And yeah. uh, he makes an appearance. Now, I saw on the back, well, obviously the back of the DVD was made uh, after everything, after all these guys were famous, but on the back it just sort of says, like, special appearance. This was not made at a time when he was known, though, right? Uh, like, he's just, like, some crummy little side character. Like, he doesn't... Well, I don't know if he's really... It's 89, so, I, I mean, Evil Dead 2 came out in 86, so... Mm, okay. Somewhat so he known? okay. I guess in the horror circles he probably was known. Yeah. Um. Because you know the two Evil Deads and um, Darkman hadn't come out yet. But That's what, that um, was going to be my next question was when was Darkman? But it was really cool seeing it, and um, it was released on this really um, uh, this Blu-ray that they have a forty-five minute making of the movie on it. They interview Bruce Campbell, and the only guy who's not on it is Sam Raimi, which is a bummer, but um. I feel like I don't see a lot of like video he really interviews doesn't. of Sam Raimi. He really doesn't. Even um, even when he does um, commentaries on the Spider-Man stuff, he's he's always with the producers, and he kind of gets um, faded out. But if you ever have the opportunity to listen to him do commentaries, he's amazing. Um, so yeah, you should check out Intruder. It's kind of a 
a quirky little forgotten slasher. And some dude gets his um, face sawed off with a bandsaw, which is really cool. Sweet. And they show the whole effect. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. It's you know, it's practical effects, so it looks really cool. Um, I also watched The Soloist, which is Robert Downey Jr. and Jamie Foxx, which is actually a true story about an L.A. Times writer who was sitting in a park one day and he heard, um, in real life, he heard a guy playing bass. In The Soloist, he hears Jamie Foxx's character playing a, a violin. He's playing Stevie Wonder. And when he asked him, he went to the Juilliard School of Music, which is a really famous school in New York, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, so... As Steve Lopez, as the reporter, he started writing stories about this guy and that he's schizophrenic and he's homeless now. And how does someone who makes such great music wind up on the streets? And the everybody loved it, and it got him his uh, like it, he you have it's a really long story, but he basically helps him get back to where he can be in society, and it brings awareness to schizophrenic homeless people, and not everybody who's homeless is you know doesn't try to be right and it's it's the performances are amazing in it Um, absolutely yeah i've seen it (laughs) sorry i'm sick um the 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 only thing is it kind of has some weird moments in it um the director makes some odd choices yeah and there's there's a little bit of i feel like there's some pacing where it it takes a while to get certain stuff done and then there's um there are certain places where it feels a little bit hammy yeah i agree uh, it's definitely like it's, it's trying to be one of those like Oscar movies, yeah, yeah, and at the same time being one not just any Oscar movie, but the kind of Oscar movie that like families like, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. It's that sort of happy, like a Blindside kind of a movie, you know, mm-hmm. where it wants to be a really happy story. Yeah, um, hi, cat. But uh, but the, the the performances are amazing in it. Um, Downey Jr. of course is always good. Yeah, Jimmy Fox is really good because I'm sure it's not an easy role when you have to constantly be. Sp- rambling on about weird things and yeah uh so yeah i should check out the soloist um soon on our tumblr account i will write a review and a ranking of all my all the robert downey jr movies Mm. um so look forward to that what Um, what are you gonna do when you see them all i don't know kill himself yeah, I'll be just oh, done. My life he's, is complete. He's going to fly to Hollywood and like kill himself gonna, on I'm going to fucking Downey murder Jr. myself if I don't <laughs> see every Robert Downey Jr. movie. Um, this cat just hissed in my ear. I know. That, Fuck you, t-shirt cat. Yeah, that cat sucks. What the hell was Sometimes. that? She's nice, but then she gets crazy. I'm sitting here. This is my chair. All right. Um, I also, when I was really sick, um, went to the movies by myself because I got tired of being cooped up and I had this really bad headache. So I'm like, oh, I should just go get bombarded with sound for two hours <laughs> that sounds like a good idea and i went and saw silent house which stars elizabeth olsen and the whole movie it takes place in one shot um except watching so many movies i could tell actually where they would they cut <laughs> the shots um but there's some parts where it literally goes like 30 minutes without a cut yeah and it, um the movie's pretty good uh a lot of people weren't happy with the ending the ending's all right yeah i, I can see why i how many how many really well written great horror movies with wonderful endings are there? Yeah, like you, honestly, that, that's the problem with sometimes with movies is when you rely so much on a twist ending that if people aren't expecting what the twist is, then um, it's the people kind of backlash against it. Yeah, I got you. Um, but she's she's really good in it. Um, when there's a we've gotten to a place now, especially with your usual suspects and your six senses, where if the twist is not really 
unbelievable, mm-hmm. then the twist is stupid. So yeah, if you want um, a horror movie, which basically is just stars one woman the whole time, and the camera follows her around, and she is constantly scared, constantly scared, then you should see it. I, she's really good in it, and I think one of the parts where the movie actually does succeed is because you're focused on her the whole time, and you hear noises around you, um, and so in stereo, it's really cool. I mean, yeah. you'll hear something behind you, to the right, and so that you're focused on her, you don't really know what's going on. And so that's, that, cool. so that's kind of cool. So, you know, if you're bored one day and it's on Netflix, you should. And it's one of those neat uh, sort of, I think it was a Sundance one that, you know, it was a movie sort of created by this couple and thought up by them and they did all yeah. this work and did it really indie and then it sort of blew up at Sundance. Exactly. Or can. I'm pretty sure it was Sundance, though. It blew up at Sundance and now people can go see it, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, anytime a movie gets some attention like that is neat. And um, then when I got home, I was still not feeling well, so I went to Best Buy. I already talked about that. But I got uh, Schindler's List and Step Brothers, and I watched them in the wrong order. I watched Step Brothers first, then Schindler's List. <laughs> um, not that Schindler's List is not an amazing movie. I think it's one of Spielberg's best movies. But um, you're really depressed after that movie. Have you never seen Schindler's List before? I have, yeah. Okay, can I borrow your copy of Schindler's List? Because I haven't. Is you it may. on Blu-ray? No, it sucks. Oh, gosh. And that's the thing. This week right. I really wanted to buy Catch Me If You Can on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. No Catch Me If You Can Blu-ray. Nope. I don't know why he takes so long to get... I mean, I know why. But I wish he didn't <laughs> take so long to get Blu-rays out there. Well, but Spielberg's movies are more owned by the studio than they are him. So Yeah, and the reason I decided... The studio feels like bringing them out. One of the reasons I decided to buy it is it was only seven ninety nine, um, And it's a black and white movie. So sometimes, I mean, Blu-ray yeah. can't really enhance it that much. You're right. You're um, right. But the, the the movie's outstanding. Yeah. Um, uh, Ray Fiennes in it is a bastard. Um, yeah. And M. Beth Davids went from Army of Darkness to Schindler's List, so quite a step up for her, and it's mentioned on the commentary track by Bruce Campbell. <laughs> um, not on Schindler's List, on uh, <laughs> yeah, Army yeah. of Darkness. Not a Bruce Campbell Schindler's List. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> oh. But the movie is amazing, and... Uh, yeah, and Step Brothers is funny. So that's what I watched this week uh, a lot. Uh, I also watched The Walking Dead, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, um, we'll get to it. So yeah, see, I watched a lot. And yeah. I uh, I watched, I got my copy of Plan 9 from Outer Space on Blu-ray this week, mm-hmm. and I watched that. And man, that movie, I... Don't say great. Uh, no, I mean, no, it's not <laughs> It's not great. Like, I love it, and it is so close to my heart. Um but it is horrible. Like I even put, <laughs> I put the quote on Facebook where uh, they they've talked with their general. Oh, that's what that was from. I yeah. could not think. I'm like, what <laughs> yes. the hell is he talking These, about? The aliens are talking to their general guy and telling him what what plan they're going to use to take over the world. And then he and his like his assistant go back into the the spaceship hallway <laughs> in the cardboard set that they're using, and he says, "You know, it's funny, humans who can think." are so afraid of those who cannot, the dead. And then that's the end of the scene. <laughs> that's the scene. Like, why? Oh, the movie is just, it's full of gem, gems like that uh, because it, it's so horribly written. and so. But still, the best Ed Wood movie. You know, like I've seen his other movies, some of them, uh, and they're, they're garbage compared to Plan 9, which is just like, it's a gem, you know? Um <laughs> and so if you if you've never seen Plan Nine, we'll borrow your Blu-ray. You can borrow my Blu-ray because <laughs> uh, you haven't seen it, right? I have seen it. Oh, okay, but, good, um, good, good. It'd and be fun to watch it on Blu-ray. What's weird is that the the Blu-ray is uh, 
it, like if you just cu- pull up the menu and click play, it'll mm-hmm. put you into the color version. You have to dig into the extras to find really? the black and white version. Yeah, uh, but he, both of them they did they did restorations on the movie, um, and it looks beautiful. Like is for a like movie a, that sorry, is there a documentary and everything on the movie too? No, that's the thing. The the Blu-ray is not great. Like my DVD's got more stuff on it. Like it's got mm-hmm. a documentary about the theremin and stuff like oh, that. Oh, so you have a Blu-ray and a DVD of Plan yeah. Nine from Space. Actually, I've bought two DVDs of Plan Nine from Outer Space because one of them got stolen by this mean kid Juan in high school. So you probably just doubled the box office <laughs> of Plan Nine from Outer Space probably. with your two DVD purchases. Um, uh, but it, it's cool to see, uh, you know, this movie that no one gave a shit about at the time and i can't even i i wouldn't i can't believe that they have a good copy of on film <laughs> but on 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 dvd the only times you even really see a lot of film grain or anywhere on the film at all is in the stock footage shots really like the stuff shot by ed wood is all really still very very beautiful you know you i'm sure you could compare it to the the recent casablanca black and white blu-ray version and they would look fairly similar as far as quality is concerned which is insane the fact that somebody spent that much time cleaning up that movie is crazy um also something i stole this week uh dirk gently's holistic detective agency aired its first and i think second episode in the uk um which is uh it's a show based on the novels uh the long dark Tea time of the soul and dirk gently's holistic detective agency which are douglas adams novels and douglas adams wrote the hitchhiker's guide Mm -hmm. for the galaxy that's what he's really famous for but this is this other one that people also love um and i only watched the first episode and it is brilliant like if you like you know sort of quirky like if you're somebody who likes sherlock the british sherlock show i like robert downey jr's oh no 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 not that not that you should see the he the is British Iron Sherlock Man. Um, if you like that British Sherlock show, this is like that only intentionally really witty and funny and like like the main character is is kooky and crazy sort of. Basically, it's about this guy who he's a holistic detective. He like he sees links between things where there are clearly not links, and they don't they don't pretend that there are. He just makes up links and makes up rationales for what the things he's doing and. Often they're not the right thing and they're stupid things. I, I was telling somebody earlier tonight that there is a scene in the first episode where he and his partner have set up a trap for this murderer that they're trying to solve this murder. And he like left a note at the at the crime scene expecting the murderer to come back for some reason. Um, and and they're waiting around at, at their agency for this murderer to show up. And he finally gets bored and he's like. Uh, I'm going to go get a pizza. And his partner says, wait, wait, you can't leave me here in the trap while you go get a pizza. And he, he rationalizes how, well, if the, if the murderer does show up, they wouldn't actually be interested in killing us because we don't actually have the stuff they want. So we're actually in more danger of starving to death than we are of this murderer showing up. So I'm going to go get a pizza. And that's the thing he does. Like he keeps just, he'll just pull shit out of his ass so that he can do, go do whatever he wants. And it's, it's brilliant. Like it's, it's going to be my new favorite thing. I'm just sure of it. But I don't think I'm going to keep watching it. Um, I'm going to wait until the Blu-ray comes out and watch it with my brother because every time every time that something really just lovely happened in the episode, I thought, oh, Jake is going to love this show. Like It's going to be his favorite thing in the world. And so I'm going to wait and watch the rest of it in probably a year when the Blu-ray finally comes out. But uh, which I, At least that's my hope. Probably next week I'll I'll... 
download the rest of the show and burn through it because it's great. See, but, um, piracy does encourage sales. <laughs> no, it does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, yeah, I've, I've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm for that half of the argument. Like, yeah, it yeah. does. You know, I don't want to wait. And the truth is, if I can, if I can get a really good, um, if I can get really good downloads of it, I'll probably download them and maybe we'll watch them in a few weeks, the downloaded version. And then he and I and probably my parents will all buy Blu-rays of it and I will tell all my friends. So, yes, it does encourage people to buy things. Anyway, other than The Walking Dead, that's all I've been watching. What have you been watching, Brad? Uh, I've had a hard time wa- uh, being at my apartment all week. So uh, Bummer. Um, I haven't been able to watch much of anything. Uh, but like I said, I saw Ghostbusters last Saturday. And um, is that ex- movie good? I've never seen it. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. It's like what? <laughs> um, I haven't seen it in a while, and I unfortunately did sleep through. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Some of it. Um, oh, but uh, tell him about the Twinkie. What? Tell him about the Twinkie. That's probably that's the part you slept through. Yeah, <laughs> tell about the Twinkie. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought I wasn't missing much, but then uh, towards the like after the um, Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis get possessed uh yeah i was, i got lost <laughs> I, I woke up i was like what's good oh they're already fighting them. no <laughs> oh i missed so many good things at least i saw them i think i woke up when um they get arrested by the police and <laughs> go yeah. to see the mayor and right and one of the best lines ever <laughs> happens which yeah. is uh when um i think uh what's his name dan Aykroyd. Is saying like uh, they're talking about uh, William Egon. Atherton. They're fighting with William Atherton, and uh, yeah. he says like this dickless guy over here. And then uh, Atherton interjects, and then the mayor says, "Is that true?" And then Bill Murray goes, <laughs> "Yes, man. <laughs> this man has no dick." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do remember that. Yeah, in a PG movie. Um, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, it's, it's, no it's Ghostbusters. It's classic. Um, the special effects obviously are a little meh after all these yeah, years, but, um, you know. but still pretty impressive for the time it you know it was yeah. in. Yeah, um, like the ghost effects of things, and um, and for the kind of movie it was, it like, wasn't a big CG. You know, it wasn't a special effects special effects movie. Yeah. It was a comedy. You know, and, and a bit of a like a yeah like a satire of like it's it was it started as a joke. Mm-hmm. Like it was it wasn't supposed to be you know a serious movie about fighting ghosts. It's supposed to be making fun of something i forget but uh while watching it, i was trying to imagine you know because they're trying to make ghostbusters 3 like what else like where else you could, could watching it where else could you take these characters that'd be fresh and inventive and i couldn't really think of any of the time but um i kind of went back to you just need to get new co- like bring in some good comedians and just kind of yeah. start over or, like just pass the torch um don't retell that story though yeah don't retell it exactly but yeah you know, get Jonah Hill <laughs> to uh, inspire your comedy because it might work out as far as reboots go. Anyway, we'll get to that. Um, and then I've been watching The Office, which I know you guys don't care about. So, as long as I don't care, is it still good? I actually didn't like. I I didn't actually like this week's episode Thursday. Um, but then again, I was watching it like three in the morning with very minimal sound, so I was missing some jokes. But gotcha. I really liked the whole Tallahassee trip. That I thought that was really. A shining moment for this season so hmm. um and they're trying to kick andy out so we'll see how that goes uh, eventually I'm, i have to assume they have to kick everybody off of that show 
Um, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, one of these things I was thinking is um, obviously Steve Carell can't be back on the show, but I don't understand why they're not getting emails from him because he was a big email forwarder. So you could easily have the actors who are on the show right now act in response to Michael Scott's antics, you know, kind of keep the character going without Steve Carell being there. The problem is that that then draws attention to the fact that Steve Carell isn't there, you know. So, um, I mean, it started out as a documentary of The Office, and now it's more like a sitcom yeah, about The but Office. Unlike the British show, they, you know, they, they've... It's a, they've become their own things, their yeah. own thing, but still it's like... Logically, like, why aren't they right. getting emails from Michael Scott? I understand what you're saying, yeah. So, like, and if you want to... Like, it's another way they could keep interest. Like, Michael Scott can still be around. Uh, right. It just relies on the actors who are still in the show to build his character who's not physically there. Yeah, I guess. So, anyway, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Tallahassee. I thought that was good. Cool. I'm interested to see what happens because uh, they've, like, I feel like they're really trying hard to make you like Nellie, which is the female um, applicant from last season, mm. the British uh, woman. Yeah. I feel like they want... From Doctor Who. Yeah, they want to make... Uh, they they kind of want to bring the British office to the American office, but I don't know if her character's likable enough. And if she's just a villain for this season, that's fine. But if they're really trying to make her the permanent uh, manager of the office, I, I'm i not into it. You know, and I'm sure she's a great actress and everything, but her character is just so... Yeah, I remember that episode where when she showed up and I was like... I, it was a, it's a weird one because they they went and found that actress for that part and then which makes it you feel like they have ideas for who that character could be but then i it i don't think it worked very well she I talks know. a lot and rambles and just kind of mm. doesn't shut up and that doesn't sound like why i like the office there's a great uh cutaway to <laughs> jim just the last week's episode just throws you into her taking out over the office so like so quickly they constantly cut away to Jim just like going, what is going on? <laughs> like oh, my whole structure, everything was working out fine. And now she's back and I can't, I can't do anything. It's just like, I'm powerless. It's great. Cool. But, and uh, anyway. Is that it? Yep. And then The Walking Dead. Did you watch The Walking Dead, Brad? I did watch The Walking Dead. Good. <laughs> because no, the- no. Before, we, before I start this, I have to say something. Um, if you have not read the comic book, The Walking Dead, or if you've not seen the show, The Walking Dead, you really shouldn't listen to this part of this podcast <laughs> because this is one of the biggest twists of the comic book and of the show. So, yeah. um, skip forward, Joe, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. So uh, this episode starts with, um, them deciding that after Dell has died, that they are going to. Um, do what Rick originally wanted to do is let this kid go. Um, They're going to honor Dale by following his principles. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so what happens is um, Shane goes crazy. He was already kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but they kind of been actually, going crazy, but this time but he they really kind of actually showed he him cracks going crazy. Yeah. And um, he kills the kid, takes him away, kills the kid, um, then sets up that he was attacked by this kid comes back and uh goes his separate way with Rick. Yeah, and so it gets gets the group to go searching for him and then gets alone with Rick in the woods. In the woods. And um there is in the comic book, Shane does not make it past issue six. Yeah. 
Um, so that he made it this long in the TV show was awesome because I thought um, it actually made him a really great villain. And uh, they 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 delve into that that character and and how, why he's going crazy. Oh, and, and I totally forgot what real all of the different aspects of why he's really losing it. Uh, I forgot so the most better. important part of it. The reason why he made that decision, because remember, he talked to Lori. Yes. And Lori told him, thank you for helping us. And I think in a way it kind of set him off. Yeah. Um, It inspired him to feel like I could get her back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick wasn't around. She was nice to him again, and that that sparks things again. And he starts thinking like, okay, if I do this right, I can can get everything I want. Yeah. Um, um, And so Glenn and uh, Daryl go one way and rick and shane go another and while they're searching for this kid the kid's already been killed by shane by the way um daryl and glenn stumble upon the zombie version of the kid and you find out that you don't have to be bit or scratched by a zombie to turn into a zombie mm-hmm. um which actually kind of goes back to the original um night of the living dead dawn of the dead where if you died you turn into a zombie there's no um Infection isn't spread just through bites, and it has a it has a chilling effect over everything in the in the book and in the show. It um, it means when the characters understand that they understand that whatever it is that turns them into zombies is already in them, and that they their destiny is to be a zombie. They are they are now and will be the Walking Dead. Yeah. You know, they're it's. It's not just that there is this force out there coming to get them. It's that they are that it's already in them as well. You know, they can't just defeat this thing. Um, so anyways, they, uh, yeah, so that's, that was a big moment. Um, and then they get to a wonderfully shot scene. Yeah, it really, Rick and Shane in this open field. That silhouette is really, and, really cool. Um, Shane is going to shoot Rick. And Rick and, knows. And Rick knows. Rick, like gets out there and just sort of knows yeah like, this is about, how this is gonna happen about 10 minutes before that there's that great shot of um rick saying so th- this is the way that you ran mm-hmm. and um shane looks back he's like yeah somewhere around here man and then shane kind of leaves the frame and then it just keeps on rick for a couple beats yeah and you know that he figured out what's happening yeah because it's not it's a shitty plan you know rick kind of people have told rick that this is maybe going to happen that shane is losing mm-hmm. his mind and it's a shitty plan that Shane has put together anyway. Like it's a little transparent. Mm-hmm. And so it would be dumb for us to, for them to expect us to think that Rick wouldn't figure it out. Like, yeah. it, it, you know, it happens. You're like, yeah, okay, Rick, what are you going to do? And what he does is just sort of let it happen. He does. Like, and, um, so there's a great scene with Rick and Shane arguing about what's going to happen. And Rick trying to convince Shane that he doesn't have to kill him. Yeah. That he says, we can go back to how it was. We don't have to tell anybody anything happened. And, um, Rick says, I'm going to put my gun down. I'm putting it down. And then he stabs Shane and yeah. kills him. Uh, and I was pissed. Were you? I was pissed. Yes. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, Brad, um, in the comic book. Oh, wait. Maybe we should tell the other part first. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So what happens after that is that. Actually, I love the scene, though, where um, Rick is like, why did you make me do this to yeah, you? Yeah, I yeah. love, oh, man, it's yeah. awesome. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and watch it again and actually enjoy it, because that, for that scene, like I knew it was, they were doing a good job, but I was still pissed. 
Um, and then, but anyway. And then he realizes that <clears throat> Carl was watch, watching them and Carl was yeah. there. Because I didn't know, uh, I thought it actually set up really well, that when Rick looks at Carl, you actually see the house. That Shane was so stupid that he literally brought him into the field right in front of the house. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Shane gets up. And they they didn't know that either about him. Yeah. Well, and yeah, like there is this awkward scene between Rick and Carl where yeah. Carl doesn't really understand what's happening and he's sort of afraid and you don't know why. Well, you do know why. Yeah, Shane starts to get up and Carl points the gun and Rick thinks he's pointing at Rick. And of course, we know he's not. Um, and then Carl shoots Shane, yep. zombie yep. Shane. That That's the thing I didn't like is that Carl or couldn't say like dad behind you like that's yeah that like pointing the gun at him took forever to just yeah yeah no I, I would agree like, with you there but that? but see I think too it was because in the episode before they set up that he's kind of afraid to use a gun and he also mm-hmm. didn't, he didn't want the gun so I think there's the hesitant of shoot and like dad get out of the way yeah uh, but he can still like s- struggle with shooting like why yeah. can he. S- yeah. Um, why, the, why were they teasing us like that? It's, it seems so forced. The reason is because he has to be the one to shoot him, and that's because of why I was pissed. What happens in the comic is different. Um, right, but I'm just saying, like, why can't they get Rick out of the way? Like, why are they teasing him? It's like, oh, he might shoot his dad. Like, yeah, just, I don't know. it seemed like this. I it, partially because if if he tells Rick, then Rick will shoot Shane, or Rick will kill Shane, and Carl has to be the one to kill Shane. Um, but his character it, doesn't know that. <laughs> No, I know that. I'm talking. I'm. I'm looking at it as far as what the writers would do. Yeah. I feel like the writers were 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 s- stuck in a place where lazy. Um, no, I don't think it's that. Um, they they were stuck in a place where they had to figure out. Okay, how do we make it so that Carl has to be the one to shoot Shane? Uh, you know, and, and they also wanted to play with that dynamic of Rick being afraid that that Carl will misinterpret what he's just done. Um, Basically, what I want to get to is what happens in the comic is different, which is that when they have that fight and they like actually there's a there's a physical fight there. They they hit each other. They, you know, they like wrestle and punch each other and then get back up and you can tell that Shane is about to shoot um, uh, Rick and all of a sudden Shane gets shot in the neck um, and it pans over and you see that Carl shoots a live Shane. Um, and that, like, especially with last week's episode where there was all of this buildup of Carl playing with the gun, Carl fooling around with the zombie and sort of learning this lesson about, you know, uh, um, great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and having to face the thing that he's been afraid of this whole time that then having him sort of man up and finally kill something, but to have that be a person and not a zombie is a really big statement. And I still hate the fact that they changed that. Um, and it's a it's a huge like it 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 strips Carl of sort of his innocence in that moment as well, um, though they've already kind of done that. Um, but uh, it was still well, fairly. Someone satisfying. who hasn't uh, read the comic, Brad, what did you think? Uh, what part? Um, oh, the, what, was it was it shocking to you that one Rick killed Shane and then Carl shot Shane, or did you see it coming? Uh, I didn't see it coming. I, I thought Rick was actually gonna. Um, like let Shane go, but mm. uh, so when he did stab, I was like, "Well, that makes sense because he's at this point he's doing anything to protect his family." He told them that, and uh, yeah, like um, like I said, just Carl pointing the gun and like not telling his dad to get out of the way so I could shoot this thing. Yeah, the way, it, the way the way that takes me a while to actually pull weird. the trigger. Yeah, the pace is. I was like, "What the f- is going on?" And then there's also this weird uh, like long cut on uh when Lori and um 
Asian kid. I just dropped his name. Glenn. 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 Glenn's fixing the radiator, and it's just kind of hanging on. Well, well there's a reason. For a little bit. Like, there's did I miss it? Yeah, it's because that was Dale's job. It was this moment where all of a sudden they have to realize that they have to keep get on without Dale, and and Dale was the only one who knew how that engine worked. Yeah. Like there there have been jokes this season where Dale will pretend like or purposely break the 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 uh, RV um, in order to chat with people. He, well, no, because he's using it as a power. Like he was uh, when they were on the when they were back on the road before they found the the house. He purposely broke apart on that on that thing so that he knew he could fix so that they wouldn't leave without Sophia uh, and things like that. So like that, that, that RV is in a lot of ways tied to Dale. And so that's what that long shot was okay. about. I thought it was something else, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, so I, I, I was just curious because I read an interesting um, column in this week's entertainment weekly mm. and the editor in chief never read the walking dead comic. And he said, it's um, the walking dead is maybe the, most well-written show ever on TV mm-hmm. and that he didn't expect those twists. He didn't expect this stuff. And he said, um, the problem with network TV now where AMC has figured out with breaking bad, mad men and the walking dead is that if you don't treat your audience dumb and you just let the characters grow and have quiet moments that you, um, your show is better because of it. And he wrote a really interesting article and I was just curious to get your take on it because he said that he couldn't believe that they killed Shane and uh, someone who read the comic book, I knew that Shane was eventually going to yeah, die. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like especially in season one, I was almost, I was almost grieving the fact that they cast him so well and made me like Shane so much. Yeah, that I was like, no, but I have to see Shane break. And I was expecting it to happen so quick that that yeah. was going to be hard. But then they took such a long time, like it was such a languid process that by the time they killed Shane, it was like a release. It was like, oh. Oh, we are we're not shackled by this character anymore. And not not in a bad way. It's more like these these characters yeah, are afraid well, of that, but then of course yeah, you see the preview yeah, of next week and it's like and now yeah, there's zombies. Uh, detrimental to the whole group. Right, exactly. And so it's it's interesting. And I was just curious to get your take on it because the guy in Entertainment Weekly thought it was amazing. Cause, I, I, I wouldn't say it's amazing because I feel like there's times in the show where I just roll my eyes and like really yeah. you're gonna go to that well or Yeah. Um they walk around a lot and talk and they don't really do like obviously there's not a lot to do, but right. they let Carl wander around after Sophia. Like they don't seem really worried <laughs> about Carl wandering <laughs> off too much, even though Sophia just got, you know um which are points there's this uh site John Ekstrom showed me where uh like this guy picks apart especially the episode where um Carl teases the zombie. Like that episode, um, like the goofiness of it, um, in, in a humorous way, and like I kind of agree with what the guys was saying, but I forget yeah. where it was, so I, I could tell you. But I, yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't call it the best written show. Like, in fact, the two that the shows you listed there, Mad Men and Breaking Bad, I think are are better written shows. Um, but the interesting thing about Walking Dead is that it is not be, because of the the nature of that show. They can do things that you don't expect and kill yeah. characters in ways you don't expect. That's um, what I mean. I think that uh, why people who haven't, sorry, who haven't read the comic, don't understand that that happens in that world. Yeah. Um, where I, I mean, I've read almost all the issues. I'm almost all caught up. But you know, people die in that constantly. Yeah. And, um, and and even on TV, it is like like. And as somebody who's read it, like with with Dale was a big one. Like oh I yeah, thought, Dale was crazy. no no Dale survives. All of this, like Dale's going to be around for a long time, um, and then to have him to lose him so suddenly, I was like, "Oh, that's right. I'm, 
I, I even start forgetting that I'm not safe in that world either, yeah. which is really good. Um, but yeah, I, but I think the guy, he made a great point, though, is how AMC is able to make their shows have higher quality than... Yeah. Um, is they don't fall in the same traps as a lot of other shows because yeah, they don't... some people, because Shane was so well-written and he was portrayed so well, that they were like, you know what, we don't need to kill him. We'll just right. keep him going. Well, like Lost does it with uh, with Benjamin Linus. Um, that character is supposed is not supposed to be the character he was. That what who Ben Linus becomes is a different character, and that character was supposed to die, but he was he was yeah. portrayed so well that they just rewrote yeah. that whole character <laughs> for he, that actor. He kept um, on making it better. I love yeah, that exactly. Character. Um, um, I'm not yeah. saying that character is bad. I'm just saying yeah, what, what, exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. When you when you find something that's really good, that's a great source of drama and tension, you just don't kill that off. Um, and yeah, it is. It has a lot to do with the fact that they don't talk down to their audiences and that they have the balls to change their source material in a way that, say, Game of Thrones refuses to uh, and as such is just stale because of. Um, and James is in the minority of that because everybody loves that show. I that show is... That. That's I, all I've heard is how great it is. I haven't so. seen it either. I still have, like I said, the Blu-ray first episode. I don't actually know anybody who likes that show really and maybe just be critics i always read I, people yeah oh yeah critics love it i i have friends who have read the books and and agree with me that that show well i have one friend i guess who who does kind of like it but um more in fan service ways he looks forward to seeing things Boobs. that he likes in the book portrayed on screen but um anyway anyways I, I think the walking dead's great um yeah so uh make sure you see next week's episode because all the ruckus they've been causing lately has Brought a tons of zombies, and there was a. Go ahead. Oh, I was getting ready to say something, but you can finish. Oh no, go ahead. No, I was just saying. I'm, I hope this season finale turns out like obviously they better got, than the last one. Yeah, better than season one because I thought. Well, and the I, first I, season episode six was. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but and that that ending is sort of set up by the episode one or two episodes before that. So I feel like, you know, we kind of know where it's going. Like they're going to, the next episode, they're going to have to fight some zombies. And I, Herschel will probably die and they'll get, they'll get, they'll get pushed off of the farm. Well, yeah, and they'll they have to be, they'll probably end the way they did last season where they'll be, you know, on the road le- leaving on the road and we don't know where they're going to have to, where they're, where they're going to land. Did you guys see the preview for next week's episode? Um, it was so lame. It was just a scene that was in the episode. We just, yeah, uh, it's just Carl and Rick walking and then you see a whole bunch of zombies in the background. Yeah. Which is interesting. I like. I like the. Wasn't uh, that in the show? I thought yeah, that was yeah. in the show. Yeah, That's why it's like yeah. an extended version. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, they look to the distance and a little longer. Yeah, yeah. but I, yeah. I will say this: I read Entertainment Weekly, and you will find out what the CDC guy whispered into Rick's ear in this episode of mm. The Walking Dead. Teaser. We should theoretically also get Michonne in that episode. We should, unless they straight up lied and she's not in the season. But we'll see. That's a shame. I don't want to know when she's going to show up. Yeah. I just we'll want to have out. her show up all of a sudden. Um, so this week we saw 21 Jump Street. Brad, should people go see 21 Jump Street? Fuck yeah. <laughs> James, should people go see 21 Jump Street? Absolutely. I agree. I think it was one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Trailer. Not so slim shady. What's up, dude? I haven't seen you since high school. Hey, titty twister. Stop, stop. Oh, you're good at this, huh? Yeah. Test results, gentlemen. Such a fool. You're really good at this. Yeah. Hey, you want to be friends? Yeah, I do. You're ready for a lifetime of being badasses. Oh, I am. I thought this job would have more car chases than explosions. You're dead. Yours isn't loaded, right? Nah, that's no fun. What's up, Chief? Got our first bus. I got him! Yeah! 
You forgot to read him his Miranda rights. Do you even know the Miranda rights? <laughs> Look, it obviously starts with, do you have the right to remain an attorney? Did you say you have the right to be an attorney? You do have the right to be an attorney if you want to. We're reviving a canceled undercover program from the 80s. Where do we report to? Down on Jump Street, 21 Jump Street. You are here because you some Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus looking mothers. You will be going in as undercover high school stoops. You have exceptional muscle tone there, young man. When'd you go through puberty? Like it's seven or something? There's a new synthetic drug at Sagan High. The mission is find a supplier. I think the dealers are the popular kids. We should start a party. That would be the quickest way to get in with them. Come on, let's go. Don't give nobody no drugs, no alcohol. I promise you we'll be super professional. All I do is party. Take it here so I know you're cool. Have fun. Are you guys on drugs? I don't like that. Get your tongue back in your mouth. A lot of things that made me wonder about you. Your taste in music. The fact that you look like a 40-year-old man. Let me check out your chest. Check out your test. After what you pulled yesterday. There's no way you could be cuffed, right? Will you go to prom with me? That was crazy! Oh, when did I get stabbed? That's awesome! Yeah! Why do you always jump across the car like that? Because it looks cool. You try. You okay? I think I crapped my pants. What's great about the whole movie is they are so self-aware that they're making a shitty like reboot of a movie. Yeah, and uh, they even call themselves out on it. Yeah, like a reboot uh, of a TV show. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, and I fuck, I can't even describe how like goofy this movie is. I was uh, laughing. I think every ten seconds. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was consistently a very good, funny. A, a very good LPM. Laughs per minute on this movie, if you were to quantify it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was also like a really good script, I thought. Yeah, exactly. There were a lot of times, if, if I have a critique on this movie, it's that I don't think that it's terribly well directed or edited. There are there are times where like like the, the fight sequence at the house party, I didn't really know what was going on. It was hard to follow that. And then the first the first few minutes, like they just rush through the setup of this movie that it it it's choppy and I, I don't really enjoy it. I don't, I feel like the movie starts twice. Yeah, I think in like the first three minutes, like they're instantly like they've already done police Academy and yeah. They're, they're oh, friends. The, yeah, yeah. The first three minutes are like the trailer. Yeah. Much. But too, I think that it helps the movie too. Cause I don't think you really need to have that part dragged out yeah, because we've, we've seen no. stuff like that before. And yeah. yeah, I mean they somehow they, they, they did a good enough job at least with the actors setting up their relationship mm-hmm. that I didn't need to get into it a lot. But I, I more mean like, I feel like the little the little snippets in between that yeah. should have made those transitions a little better, yeah, I get and you maybe saying, yeah. you know maybe one more scene in this time period of their life and one more scene in that time period of their life would have let it breathe a bit more. Yeah. Um, where it's it's almost like uh, it'd be like starting the movie Rocky with the montage <laughs> and then going in, you know, like yeah. no, no no you gotta you gotta give me a little bit of meat at the beginning to get me into this movie. You but know? this is uh, um, the movie's really funny, and I think it's one of those movies yeah. you have to see more than once. Because there's so many little things that are going on in the background on, like, posters and little character moments. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I what mean, I what I was getting at there was the yeah. I think this this script is one of the best scripts for a comedy. Yeah, uh, and a straight up comedy. I didn't like it's not a, a, it's not a it's not a you know a dramedy you know like The Sitter or something like that where there's you know some real emotion in yeah. there. No, I just mean a straight up comedy script. I, it's one of the best comedy scripts I've I've seen in a while. Because I didn't expect the whole dynamic of you've got the cool um, the cool kid and then the nerdy outcast kid, which is Jonah Hill, right? Um, like having to come back to high school and then reverse their roles, right? Yeah, because and then like uh, Channing Tatum becomes friends with the nerd group and learns through them instead of Jonah Hill, and then Jonah Hill gets to live vicariously through the mission. Yeah, what Channing Tatum grew up as, and like ah, oh, it was just so deep, like, yeah, at a different level. And, and what's cool about that too is uh, we know because we're nerds. Yeah, is when we were in high school, you know, you were picked on because i mean i was picked on because i used to carry spider-man comics and i was in drama and how lame it was and in this it's right you know now it's cool to like comics it's cool to be in protect the environment yeah and And at the and at the same time while while they address that fact that like that that nerd culture has become so prominent there are still super nerds and those social guys in there that channing tatum then has to find a befriend and that's that was that's one of the other things is i love the fact that they draw attention to that that like even though, even though we pretend like yeah, being nice to everybody is is this popular thing that and that being in high school now is so much better than it used to be. The truth is, there are still those 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 people having yeah. shitty lives in high school. And how great um, is Dave Franco as the douchebag? Yeah. Like I absolutely. I, I, yeah. I mean, even some this of the. Is- funny things that are, you'd think are stupid like when uh jonah hill lifts up his laptop and there's a picture of him playing frisbee catching a frisbee between his legs <laughs> just because he's a total douchebag and just... is this the first time that we've seen dave franco in a big movie uh because you know so. you, you understand you, you know that he is actually oh yeah i mean james just franco's like james brother franco, yeah obviously no he existed oh that's right no he's in he's in fright night Oh, he is he's, Fright the, night. he's the jackass friend in fright oh. night oh yeah, you I didn't see, see fright don't night. look at me look at him right exactly oh, yeah. right um, um but yeah, you're right. The the movie was really clever. I mean, it was super meta because there's even parts where um, uh, Ice Cube comes out. He's like, "Yeah, I'm angry. I'm a black man, and I'm a captain, and I'm <laughs> motherfucking angry." And his oh. name is Dick Munn. <laughs> just crazy I, stuff. And I mean, there's when they're in Nick Offerman. I don't even know his character's name in the movie, but when they're in the office and he was talking and he had a, this position where the cameras focus on him to his left was a picture of him doing the exact same thing <laughs> like in the background yeah, yeah it was just, absolutely and he turns that uh <clears throat> the dog statue like on the desk like just <laughs> yeah like direct uh I'm, yeah yeah there are a lot of things there were a lot of like little background things like that going on in fact there was one the where video yeah the youtube video there's a comment oh, on the yes. bottom that says i can't masturbate to this <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of little clever things. It got so much that, like, when we got to the scene at the end where there's there is a uh, a shootout in a ho- in a hotel scene that reminded me in a lot of ways, mostly because there were like feathers and 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 stuff flying all over the place. It reminded me a lot of the end of, of True Romance. Yes, and there's a bunch of shots where there's a TV behind them, and I just I kept looking at the TV like, what are they going to put on that TV? I thought they were going to put True Romance on the t- on that TV. Like, I was like, there's going to be a joke in there, and there wasn't. Like, and then I started getting disappointed when there weren't funny little jokes wherever it was i was looking um but yeah i mean they had the john woo moment with the doves coming out of the limo oh, which was awesome <laughs> yeah and doves are cool yeah, that's one of those things that like the, the trailer for this movie is fantastic because pretty much all of the jokes in the trailer are not in this movie and all the ones that are in this movie there's just a little bit more like with the doves yeah, when he gets out he's bit. got the box yeah. 
<laughs> you know, he comes out, there's a, a box that just says doves on it. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, my favorite line is when they're, they're tripping out on the drug and Channing Tatum busts into the band room and he's making a noise and he jumps through a gong and says, fuck Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows why, but it's awesome. Oh, gosh, yeah. There's so much randomness in this yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. So you should definitely see this movie. It's really funny. Um, um, and it's it's uh, it's directed by some of the, uh, the some guys that they made uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, mm-hmm. and they came off of uh, How I Met Your Mother. And it's written by Michael Bacall, who is one of the writers on Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Nice, which nice. is where why like a couple of the small actors from Scott Pilgrim showed up in this movie, um, which is pretty cool. It is. So yeah, uh, you should see this movie. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I. I'm like sitting here wanting to like spout off all the lines yeah. in the movie, yeah. but I've only seen it once, and it's like it does you a disservice. <laughs> exactly, listening. Hey, like, you just need to go out and enjoy it. Channing Tatum is so good. He is. Like I, I've never been a fan of, of him guys... before. I thought he was just like an action. Exactly. He's one of those guys that bag, I sort of you know if he only did GI really Joe movies yeah. from now on, I'd be <laughs> fine with that. But to see him do this kind of stuff is really cool. Um, Shows some good range right there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's hilarious. <laughs> he <is>. He's <laughs> hilarious. So, <clears throat> before we wrap this up, you should stay tuned a little longer on this episode because me and Brad are going to be seeing Casa de Mi Padre. Es bueno, es mal, no sé. <laughs> um, and we're also going to be seeing um, Jeff, who lives at home. So, stay tuned for that. Well, James fucked on off out of here, and me and Brad just got back from. Yeah, seeing, go home. Yeah. Idiot. Get out of here, dumbass. Good, he's gone. Now the real podcast. What, you got nothing to say? <laughs> yeah, go cry in your corner. Dude, we heard him so bad he can't even defend himself. He's just <laughs> crying in the corner. He went to our sound booth and's crying. You can't hear him because the sound booth has soundproof glass in it. But he's back there crying. He yeah. can't believe we just trashed him. It's we're, we're we're mean like that. We are. Yeah. So me and Brad, because we're dicks, went and saw two <laughs> movies without him. And the first movie we saw was Jeff, who lives at home. Brad, should people go see Jeff, who lives at home? Yeah, it, I, don't, I don't. I don't know about go see it, but I think you can see it. It's worth <laughs> worth seeing somewhere. Uh, I agree with you, Brad. Um, I don't think you have to rush out and see it, but yeah, you should see it. I can't help but wonder about my fate, my destiny. What if there's no wrong numbers? Maybe it's always the right number. Hello, Mom. Jeff. Hi. You know you're supposed to say hello when you pick up the phone. Get off that couch or you're going to find someplace else to live. It's kind of in the middle of something right now, Mom. Jeff, what do you do in the basement? You're not cleaning it. You really want to know? You didn't like it last time we had this conversation. Okay, no, no, you're right. I don't. I got a phone call from Randy at Millennium Porsche. We're not getting a Porsche. You're just like in this mindset. We don't have the money. Yeah, that's the mindset I'm talking about. Pass. Surprise. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason, right? That's exactly it. Jeff, Pat? I was on the truck. The truck came here. Now you're here? I was meant to have a meeting with Destiny. Mom called. She's really pissed. Jeff's stuck. Maybe you could get him moving. Once again, I have to pick up your slack. What is wrong with you? Why do you want to live like this? Drifting through this life with no awareness. What are you talking about? Pat, who's that guy your wife's with? Why don't you just go in there and, t- and talk to her? Oh, my God. You have no idea how adult relationships work, do you? I need to find out exactly what's going on so I'll have the upper hand later. Something really big is happening here. My wife is having an affair. We don't know that yet. Let's just let's follow this and see where it leads. 
I'm gonna break down the door. That's a terrible idea. I've seen you try to do things physically. Oh! I hate my kids right now. I don't know when that happened. They were so cute. I've been having this really weird dream about Dad lately. He says, Pat, what's the greatest day in the history of the world? And I'm like, that? Yeah, I don't know. And he just looks at me and he, he smiles. Says today. And he's... He says today. How'd you pass? <laughs> that we both want to like be in love. I want it so bad. Dude, you need to say that to her. Stay in the car. I am fine. Yes, thank you for asking. Good. Was it the Duplass brothers? Duplass? Dopless? Duplass? Duplass. Duplass. Some French fuckers. Uh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> is that French? I don't know. I don't know all I know is one of them is on the league. So, oh yeah, no, they're not French at all. Um, so anyways, it stars Jason Siegel and Ed Helms, and they are brothers. Uh, Jason Siegel plays Jeff, who still lives with his mother in the basement, and Ed Helms believes that he's um, successful because he's at a paint place. He manages a painting, painting supply store, store. Yeah, something like that. And um, everyone looks at Jeff as like he's a loser because he stays at home. And Jeff is a firm believer that, that he sees signs everywhere. And uh, he, he's <laughs> constantly on a search for what he's, his purpose in life is supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, he, has, he, ha- he feels that he has a meaning in life. And his so it's his mom's birthday. His mom's played by Susan Tarandon. And uh, for her birthday, she just wants him to take the bus to the Home Depot and get glue to fix a little piece of wood panel on a cabinet Sh- door. Shutters, I think. Shutters, cabinet door, something like that. And uh, before he leaves, he gets a phone call from a guy looking for Kevin who's really pissed looking for Kevin. And uh, so he leaves, and on his way to the Home Depot on a bus, some uh, black kid comes on the bus, and he's wearing a jersey that says Kevin on it. And so he gets off the bus and follows him and gets mugged <laughs> after he plays basketball with him. Which did you notice the picture frames? Obviously, there's a back. They're trying to set up a backstory in the intro. The family frames, yeah. the family photos. He uh, obviously went to Harvard on a basketball scholarship <laughs> yeah, or I something. Guess, and I guess, yeah. I don't know if there's an injury or something, or he just did failed classes or something. But or something with his father dying. Uh, so yeah, he his basketball thing didn't pan out. So when he goes and starts to play basketball uh, to figure out, you know, who this Kevin guy is, and then it ends up backfiring firing on him again. It's like basketball is not his path (laughs) yeah uh so throughout the whole movie he sees a bunch of signs with having to do with kevin and uh yeah i mean the the movie i I thought was pretty good it's not um i i don't know we've had to tell uh his brother's plight is oh yeah ed helms buys a a porsche and uh too much to the chagrin of his wife who wants a house and so yeah, and... I guess the the parallel there is just because Jeff lives at home and doesn't have a job, he doesn't take responsible. But also Ed Helms is irresponsible because instead of getting a house and a home and of starting a family with his wife, he goes out and gets a Porsche, and against his wife's wishes. And uh, so it's a really uncomfortable scene. And uh, along the way, after Jeff gets mugged, he <laughs> happens to pass by a Hooters where his brother's what was his brother's name. What was Ed Helms' character's name? I can't remember. Pat. Pat. And Pat sees him, and then they get in this little 
thingamajig and uh, call each other out on their bullshit. Know. But there's a really funny line that uh, that Jason Siegel says that Yoda would fucking kill it in a business <laughs> meeting. <laughs> yeah. Because Ed Helms says he's at Hooters for a business meeting where <laughs> yeah. he's just bullshitting with his work buddy and then... Yeah, yeah. a work buddy who does, isn't really down, I think, hanging out with him. Yeah, he hates hanging out with him. Yeah, so, I mean, the movie is interesting. It's more of a dramedy. I mean, totally different than the movie we saw with James, 21 Jump Street, where it's just rapid-fire jokes after jokes. It's, yeah, straight-up comedy. Um, this movie's about you know finding your place in life and, um, yeah, and being not- happy in other ways than you expect yeah and it's not just jeff i mean it's his mother it's his brother and even his brother's wife mm-hmm. um and they all kind of learn you know through this one day about what their purpose in life is and uh, i mean i thought everybody was really good in the movie i thought the performances were really good mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know just wasn't i mean it's was a good movie it's just i don't know what else i can i don't know what you can possibly do in the movie to uh it's all about the performances yeah and, you know, the story about Jeff kind of just following these leads to figure out, you know, where he's supposed to be in life. Uh, it's kind of straightforward. So yeah. you're just kind of watching like the people act fold, and, yeah. and see where it goes. And I, I like how I, I ultimately like what Jeff eventually found yeah. his destiny to be. So Yeah, that, that scene was really cute and, uh, and uh, unexpected. I actually thought it was kind of unexpected mm. when... Uh, I mean, I guess we can, who cares? We spoil everything. Yeah. Um, they come to a, a a bridge that's backed up with traffic. And uh, his brother Pat gets out because he's looking for his wife as they're all going to New Orleans. And uh, his wife's going to see her, his mom because Jeff and his wife are having problems. Anyways, uh, Jeff sees that uh, these kids are, or this family's car flew off the bridge and uh, he saves them. Jumps in the water. Jumps in the water. From the, uh, almost kills himself in the process pat saves jeff <laughs> yeah um and uh it, it's yeah by the end of the movie you realize like the whole time it's like jeff's purpose is to help people and say yeah. like not necessarily save lives but like just fix people's situations and um it's yeah. cute it was cute and I, you know i thought it was actually the the kind of secondary story with his moms who play by Susan Sarandon. I thought it was actually kind of a cute little story too mm-hmm. about how um, their father died a while ago and you know, she doesn't really go on dates and she finds out she has a secret admirer at work and trying to figure out who it is is kind of interesting. And I thought she played it really well that she's kind of damaged and she can't believe someone would be interested in her. And yeah, and it's totally not, it's not what you expect, expect at all. Yeah. And uh, so that was kind of, that was kind of a cool, clever play. Um, I, I mentioned it earlier um, after we were done with the movie, but I thought it was bizarre um, camera choices in the movie where they constantly like zoom in. The cinematography, yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of using the... Like documentary the style, style yeah. Kind of overdoing it. I don't know. It's weird. It, it, it's obviously not a big budget movie, so they're kind of... It's more about the performances. So uh, I'm sure on their budget, it's just like, okay, deliver, and then we'll just capture it. And yeah trying to I give know, it more think, of a true to life yeah, sometimes i think that f- makes it distracting do you find it distracting at all not really i felt it was appropriate for the movie like it worked for that like you could also do it the other way i don't think it matters yeah i don't know sometimes it's distracting when people are just sitting there and it, the camera like zooms in yeah i think that's weird but sometimes it works like in the born movies it works and yeah things like that but you know i all in all i thought the movie was cute mm-hmm. and um yeah i mean i'll watch it again when it's i don't know maybe my wife will want to see it and yeah, I thought uh, 
Jeff would eventually be exposed as this guy who has like no wisdom, like it pretends to be, yeah, like have wisdom and stuff and have something meaningful to say. And uh, he actually was like throughout the movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just yeah, right. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know either. I know what you mean, but it's you can't really explain. Because the movie but... starts with a quote from him, and you're like, "Oh, this guy's going to be called out on saying stupid things." And his brother kind of does, but mm-hmm. but his brother's wrong. His brother's kind of a douche anyway. So yeah. um, ultimately, and... it shows like Jeff, like his, even if he didn't call him out on it, like Jeff's words and phrases. Yeah, because even as he's like a monk. Yeah, <laughs> throughout I mean, the movie. He... Yeah, I guess so, because he's not violent until, uh, except at one point when he busts in and sees uh, Pat's wife about to cheat on him with another man, and then he gets all of a sudden, like, uh, retard strength and is able to uh, hold this guy back. But, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, the movie doesn't really treat him in his uh, way of thinking like an idiot. Yeah, that's kind of refreshing, It really too. celebrates, like, uh, you know, it's like, an, it doesn't really show an argument for both sides. It just it shows Jeff as, like, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, and you know, I mean, he's right too, because you know, he just calls his brother an asshole. He's an asshole. He really is. You know, he takes his wife for granted, and he just he thinks he's better than everybody else, and he's really not. He. Has- I love the line when they're staying in the hallway of the hotel, um, and Jeff, you know, he's like, or Pat says, you know, what should I do? Do you have any ideas? And then Jeff says, you know, you should just kind of take a deep breath and think about this for a little while. And then Pat says something condescending about mm-hmm. it, and then Jeff replies with, "Well, if you have a better idea, I would." gladly listen to it and not uh make you feel like an idiot yeah. for saying it or something and then it makes and that's kind of when ed helms's character almost changes mm-hmm. then he has a falling out with his wife but then he really changes when you know jeff confronts him and says you know what would you say to her really and you're right he's kind of like a monk where he just spouts this wisdom and yeah. kind of helps his brother uh, along the way yeah yeah i thought actually i thought that uh because sometimes independent movies like that uh they always try to be um way different so what i was saying earlier is i thought maybe pat would be running up and his wife's car would be in an accident she'd be dead or something oh i did yeah i thought that too like that whole traffic jam was her yeah so that was cool that they kind of went a different way because the story isn't about i mean it is about pat kind of but it really isn't about jeff and his story and you needed a uh, a closure on that story and what his purpose was and so i thought it was really so I, I I appreciated that choice that they made, opposed to that his wife is dead now and yeah, <laughs> yep, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got too. So um, the second movie we saw was this uh, Mexican import, uh, <laughs> Casa de mi Padre, starring Will Ferrell and uh, some guy named Will Ferrell. Yeah, some guy named Will Ferrell <laughs> and uh, Brad. Should people go see Casa de mi Padre? Uh. Uh, I don't know, yeah, I think it's worth maybe watching at home. <laughs> I don't know about go out to see it. Um, I think they should. I thought it was pretty funny. So uh, here's the trailer. Is it the trailer in Spanish? I don't remember. I think it is. Guess we'll find out. Yeah. Anyways, stay tuned for that. Armando, hay algo que tienes que saber. ¿Qué es lo que tengo que saber? The biggest international motion picture of all time. Mi mujer, señorita Lopez, tiene que amar a la tierra como yo la amo. Is coming to America. Tú, pues el joven el cando. Te va a poner muy feo. 
experience the action. The passion. The drama. The laughter. <laughs> the music. On March 16th, the battle begins. Guerro a la muchacha. Solo te daré una oportunidad. Suelta a la mujer y te dejo vivir. Gael Garcia Bernal, Diego Luna, Genesis Rodriguez, and introducing Will Ferrell. Yo soy Armando Álvarez. La casa de mi padre. Casa de mi padre. In color. You speak American? Huh? Do you speak American? No, senor. No habla americano. March 16th. Ah, es muy bueno. Um, so the movie uh, stars Will Ferrell, and the whole premise of the movie is predicated on the fact that you've seen telenovelas on the Spanish channel. Um, because if you have, like, uh, because I work in the restaurant industry, and I have... Uh, Mexican workers every morning they always put those on they call them their stories and they're exactly like that like old people they're uh they're totally ridiculous and the premise of this one is um Will Ferrell plays Armando Alvarez and he's uh, a coward rancher and his brother uh, Raul is a drug dealer and uh, they Raul comes back to his father's ranch and uh he brings with him the problems of being a a drug dealer yeah and uh yeah <laughs> the movie is so bizarre and it's i mean it has the will ferrell kind of humor in it where uh it's not written by will ferrell but it's written by one of his funnier die guys with him and that's how they got him is they just would watch these spanish soap operas and they wrote a movie about hey it. we should make fun of that yeah <laughs> and if uh, like uh the one that would always get me is every time someone would talk to somebody, their back would be turned and they'd be talking to them really dramatically. And that is verbatim lifted from those and the overacting where they're they're you know, in the movies calling them a coward and in those Spanish shows are always overacting and everything so dramatic. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't even, sorry. I, I'm just thinking how disappointed I'm in myself that I am. Uh, when you asked me if people should go see it, I, sh- I should have said SCSC. <laughs> yeah, you should have. <laughs> You had a chance to yeah. flex your Spanish-speaking muscles, and you did me. But um, yeah, it's, I, after seeing Twenty One Jump Street and like laughing constantly yeah. through that, and then this is it's so much of a like a one-joke movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, the whole the whole humor is to it is just how uh, over dramatic they're taking something that's already dramatic and just making it. Like the characters, they're playing characters, and they're totally committed to like, what's the word for it? They're not breaking. <laughs> I don't know what you're going for here. <laughs> Sorry, but it's a, you know, the, I mean, like, but there's but, so many visual jokes in that movie. Um, they're taking themselves seriously, yeah. Even though what's going on, on screen is 
completely not serious. Yeah, th- see, that's I love movies like that. That's I, I really kind of enjoyed this movie. Um, you know, stuff like uh, where Will Ferrell's brother Raul says, "This is," and he reaches down. They're in this bar, and he pulls up dirt. And he says, my land. Mi tierra. Yeah, and he drops all the dirt on Gael Garcia. Who's smoking two cigarettes. Who's smoking two cigarettes at once. <laughs> because he, like, in most movies like that, where people are at a bar, you know, someone lights up a cigarette and talks to the one guy, and then he has to talk to Will Ferrell now, so he, like, turns around and then lights up another one <laughs> yeah, to start a conversation with him. Yeah, stuff like that just made me laugh, uh, yeah. because there's also... Um, continuity errors on purpose in it mm-hmm. um there's a couple times when uh, will ferrell would have a cigarette in his mouth and then the next scene he wouldn't have one in his mouth and then they cut back and he'd have the cigarette in his mouth again and or he'd have have finished making one and <laughs> yeah. then like lean down and all this stuff inside would fall out because he never really lit a cigarette did he there'd always just be he'd no. just be about to have one he'd be making them uh but yeah well he couldn't do it i guess is the gag is his character is, <laughs> he's such an idiot that he never learned how <laughs> yes uh, but yeah, the movie is just so ridiculous, yeah. and uh, yeah. there's a whole sequence missing of a fight between uh, a jaguar and a Bengal tigers and a coyote. Coyote and the the <laughs> write a letter on screen to tell you why it's missing. <laughs> yeah, and the, um, there's a sex scene in it where all they're doing is rubbing each other's butts, and then and a mannequin. Ha- halfway through, it's a mannequin <laughs> with Will Ferrell. It's, yeah. It's the most absurd thing. And, you know, the reason I, I, I said this before with the Tim and Eric, I, I like movies like this because I don't, sometimes I think movies take themselves way too seriously. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just goofy. And the, I, the production value was uh, really faithful to, yeah, it like really seemed like a Spanish yeah, movie. Yeah, like and, the lighting and stuff too. Yeah, lighting. And then the sets and the, because <laughs> there were some, you know, they'd be, they'd be filmed in a real place and then they'd cut away and they'd suddenly be on a soundstage somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, uh, one of my favorite jokes was every they would never show Will Ferrell or, um, what was the girl named Sonia? I don't really know her real name, Genesis Martinez or something, um, riding a horse. They'd never show him riding a horse. And then when a horse would come up, it'd be just show the horse's legs and you hear a car door open and it closed. <laughs> and then Will Ferrell would walk up. Uh, stuff like that was funny. Um, the uh, terrible um, blocking of stage um, where uh, when Raul tells his family that he's going to marry Sonia and he tells her to come here and she has to walk in front of the camera in front of the sofa. And then she walks back and then it cuts back to the guy playing Raul and he's like waiting for her to come up and you hear her walking in the distance and she comes from behind him instead of in front of him. And she's wearing to- something totally it, different, something totally different. Her hair is different. And it's just so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they have, uh, songs break out every once in a while in the end when Will Ferrell shoots uh, the villain like they have a close up of the one bullet flying through the <laughs> yeah. air but then the villain gets like shot in three different places <laughs> yeah or that part uh, he's about to be shot and all of a sudden his two friends show up out yeah. of nowhere and throw him a gun <laughs> and the villains like always have the gun drawn on them but then Will Ferrell, they, like, Will Ferrell has plenty of time to shoot them before yeah, they shoot him it's so <laughs> like they just wait around for him to shoot at them i think it's another movie i'm gonna have to watch again because uh yeah it's it's funny i mean there's parts i thought were really funny um yeah <laughs> yeah it was funny in places it wasn't yeah across it, the board for me no it wasn't it's but yeah it's I, really inconsistent like there's some parts that are kind of slow and I, I just thought there'd be more 
in the subtitles, I just thought there'd be more. A lot of the dialogue is just straightforward. It is. It just, is really straightforward. Um, standard, like what you'd probably see in one of those movies. I, I expected more of like every couple beats there'd be some ridiculous line. Yeah, yeah so. you know, I, that's what I was hoping too. Maybe the translation would be bad, but the translation was correct. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there was a funny scene when they were talking about how stupid America is. Yeah. <laughs> they they eat greasy hamburgers and stuff their baby mouths. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just absurd humor that Will Ferrell's really known for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do like the risk that he took making the movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's about all you can say about it. Pretty much. <laughs> so, no, no, not a bad week in movies. Saw three movies this week. Yeah, it's a lot. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll see you next week when we see only one, The Hunger Games. You can come back in now, James. Yeah, James, come back. Get, come back, James. Come back. We're sorry. Say you're sorry to him. Sorry, James. Fuck. Sorry I called you an idiot. Now you can start talking again. You can follow us on Twitter, real underscore nerds. You can read our awesome blogs or listen to our podcast at realnerds.tumblr.com. You can like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can email me directly, realnerds at gmail.com. Did you know we're going to be at two fests this year? We're going to Starfest, which is April... Um, say something. 20th. <coughs> 20th. Say something I've heard about 20th through the 22nd. I don't have tickets for that one yet. And also, we'll be at Denver Comic Con with our own booth, June 15th through the Come 17th. Come hang out with us. Come hang out with us. Enjoy our fabulous uh, giveaways and contests. Yes. Whatever they <laughs> Which we're mean. still figuring out. What, what we're figuring out. But there will be a contest. I will be cosplaying so you can come take pictures and Are you busting out, out the Shredder. The Shredder? Nice. Yeah. We're going to bust out Wally. <laughs> that oh, costume's that, that costume's really good. Is it? Oh, man. Yeah. I guess I could take the one that Disney gave me and hollow it out and <laughs> you could. wear that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Stay tuned for that stuff. Next week we'll be watching the Hunger Games. Yeah, mm. I'll be I'll be excited to you know see exactly like I said the first review that I saw come up today from Slash Film was really good. Um, yep. and from a guy that I would normally expect to not like a movie like that. So I still don't uh, I'm, understand. I'm really it. I read you know, a I read I'm a, interested. That's for sure. I read a ten page article about it in Entertainment Weekly. I still have no idea. Like I don't get it. I read. I understand the story, but I don't get it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Um, because I don't it's understand the appeal. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. There we go. It. Um, uh, you know, I started reading the book, but put it down because I didn't think it was terribly well written. Um, but it's a it's a premise you've heard before, but the reason it catches on is sort of like the the details and the way it's written. Like it's a it's a page turner of a novel sort of thing. You know, mm. uh, I don't think that the ideas or the plot itself are necessarily why people like it. So it'll be interesting to see if Obviously, that translates into a good movie. I feel like it's only gotten made because of the Twilight, so I'm trying to find the connection. Like, yeah. I don't the know. The Twilight I, franchise got this greenlit. I think yeah, I, I think, think the reason you feel that way is because it's happened so quickly. Uh, I, I, uh, How long has these books been around? I feel like it's only well, been like... I mean, she's written, out in the, she's written three of them at this point, so they've been out for a while. I think, yeah, the third one um, came out like last before year. The, like in the 90s? Or no, no, no. The they, that's, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like Normally, this would be a thing where... The books would be popular in the 90s, and now they'd be getting around to making movies of them, you know? Or the book would be popular in 1911, and now they would be getting around to making a movie out of them. Um, but after Harry Potter and the Twilight movies and things like that, where they, when the book catches on, they want to 
cap you know capture that or the help is even like that like the book caught on and then they immediately wanted to make a movie out of it it's just a trend now well and spielberg um, though, that i think would have happened anyway the rights for robo apocalypse before it was even released <laughs> because he likes that title yeah <laughs> I'm sh- I'm sure. I, there's not a question in my mind. That Science fiction. I'm good at that. Yeah. Somebody said <laughs> to Steven Spielberg, Robo Apocalypse, and he laughed for three days and then bought the rights to that movie. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Stay tuned for that. So, yeah, there'll be a little extra here. Me and Brad. Oh, Where, where's your Deadly Do-Right voice? Fuck. Oh. <clears throat> Stay tuned for me and Brad reviewing Casa de Mi Padre. That's, that's what I got. Michael Bacall is also the guy involved in making the dramatization of the King of Kong, so he can suck my. Never mind. That seems like a weird. Suck drum. your Kong dong, James. Wow. Come on. Bye. Bye. Bye.